Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Omega Metroid podcast from OmegaMetroid.com. My name is Andy Spiteri, joined by Dakota Lasky. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing all right. Today is the, as we were recording, the first day of spring. So I went for a nice walk today, and yeah, and it's, uh, it's at least here, the weather's starting to get nice already. We didn't really even have, like, a true winter, which is kind of a bummer, but I'm looking forward to the nice weather. I'm already taking my allergy medicine, getting ready in preparation. Um, yeah, I'm doing all right, man. How you doing? Uh, you know, not too bad. Uh, you know, I was saying like last week, like I had a, a case in the Mondays. I, I feel like I got kind of the same yeah. thing going on this week. But like, once again, it's like doing this podcast is like injecting the cure into my veins. So like, that's I'm true. fired up to be I'll here and, and talking about Metroid again uh, with you guys. And also joined by uh, Daniel Hawktor, a.k.a. A Fallen Apple, a.k.a. the... Uh, the creator of a Zelda Dungeon featured image. Thank you for that. <laughs> hey, thanks. Wow, what a title. I'm doing good, man. I'm doing, yeah, right? I'm like uh, Daenerys over at Game of Thrones. My, my title just gets like, you know, bigger and bigger every time. And that's not the uh, only title good. that we should I'm... call you, by the way, as we were talking about before the show started. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about that or not, but... Uh, I mean, yeah, no, hey, all right. I mean, come on. I, I clearly was like, so Friday night, I was high on life, legit. Um, I mean, I was even in our Discord because, like, look, I, I I love all you guys. This is like a good community. By the way, if you're not on the Discord, it's a really good community. But good anyways, time, yeah. fr- Friday night, like, uh, my now fiance proposed to me. Woo. Uh, he he popped the question, and we are officially engaged. And yeah, I, it was it was a it was a heck of a night. Um, so yeah. But that's I'm doing good clearly, and and I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped to talk about Metroid, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I can't uh, I can't wait to get into our episode. And big congrats to you is awesome. Um, so yeah, we we are here today to talk about Metroid Two, and uh, we're going to talk about Metroid Two: Return of Samus, and do a, a retrospective, a deep dive into the game. We're going to talk about its impact. We're going to talk about it's a legacy. We're going to talk about a lot of the various features of the game. And, um, you know, I, I talked about this a little bit on uh, over on Patreon, but it's we haven't really covered this game in great detail throughout our run on the podcast. So with it being now available on Nintendo Switch Online, I thought that it was now a good kind of opportunity to, to talk a little bit about this game that really kind of gets under respected or, or it doesn't get like the level of appreciation that it deserves. And, um, I guess maybe we can just uh, just start with that, which, like, I think that it would have been, you know, I respect this game because it would have been really easy for this game to come out and just be kind of like Nestroid on on the Game Boy. But instead, they went like a completely different direction. They made like an incredibly solid, uh, unique experience that that really kind of brought to life everything that the Game Boy could do. And, you know, like they just, they didn't phone it in, which I, which I feel like I really appreciate about this game. And I don't know that this game gets the respect that it deserves from the Metroid community, um, with considering like how much that this game really brought to the franchise. So I'm excited to talk about, uh, Metroid 2 today. And I guess that we should start off by talking about our first, like, experiences playing the game. And my first experience was, uh, I mean, you know, you know me. I was like, uh, and by the way, uh, before I even start talking about anything, this game was actually, or not this game, right now, if you are uh, a member 
of uh, any country that belongs to Europe, you can get a Metroid 2 poster available on the My Nintendo store. So that's uh, that's pretty sweet. Um, and by the way, you can also get like those awesome like Link's Awakening posters, the the Mario Golden Coins posters. They look so cool. Like it, it's some of the best. Uh, it's some of the best box art in the series. Maybe not maybe not like the absolute best, but like that pose of Samus looks so awesome and spectacular. But um, yeah, like I figured that maybe we could start off just kind of talk about our um, like first playthroughs with from Metro Two, and, and to kind of go back to my story. Uh, you guys know that I was like kind of a big uh, like Metroid. Like I got into Metroid after Smash, and I played Super Metroid, and then I played Nestroid, and so like really that's all there was at the time. So I was kind of like, okay, well like now I have to go and play the original Metroid or Metroid Two. So I went to Calgary Comic Con in like two thousand and one or something like that, and I found myself a cartridge of this game, played it, and I I remember at the time. I really enjoyed it, actually. Like, a lot of the things that I found very frustrating or even nigh unplayable about Nestroid were, like, a, definitely a lot easier to digest in this game. And I remember I really liked playing it. I really enjoyed my time with it. And um, I, I remember just thinking, like, this is, like, a really, really fun game. And, and again, not something that you expect to see on the Game Boy. So I, I came away, like, quite impressed, actually. Uh, I, I can't tell you, I even remember the first time I played the game cause it was not a game I grew up with. You know, it was actually a game that was like a lot of game boy games to me growing up. I didn't have like an original game boy. My uncle had one. So when I would go to his house, I would play his original game boy. My first game boy was game boy advance. I never owned Metroid two return of Samus. And it was almost like, like a lot of like games that were just slightly older than me when I was growing up where I didn't have the opportunity to just get any game that I wanted. A lot of games like Game Boy games were kind of like almost like mythical to me because like I only owned Game Boy Advance games. My uncle only had Super Mario Brothers, you know, like so I never got to play Metroid 2 growing up, but I knew about it. Very little of it, though, and I think not until probably I got really, um, I guess, into Metroid following uh, Super Smash Brothers and eventually getting into Fusion and Prime. So I didn't play Metroid 2 until like way, way, way later. I want to say maybe not until like college. And even then, I don't really remember playing it because I don't think I finished it the first time I played it. I'm pretty sure I picked it up. I started playing it. I was like, oh, this is really old Metroid. All right. And then I didn't <laughs> I didn't keep playing it. I don't think until like I picked it up again much later. I want to say that I got it on the 3DS when it released in the virtual console, like way back when, like 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 way, way, way back then, like I want to say over a decade ago. Um, and yeah, I don't think I, I didn't have that like kind of connection to the game because I started with prime and fusion and then only went back to super Metroid and Metroid two in college. Cause I kind of played everything that got released as it did from 2001 and onward. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I actually, I, I grew up with Nestroid, but I skipped uh, Metroid 2 altogether. I didn't come back mm -hmm. to it, and it was actually after college. Um, that's actually it was one of the games I was going back and sort of revisiting retro stuff, and played Nestroid. I had like a the Retron 5, whatever it was, right? I was going through just retro stuff, and then I actually played Metroid 2 on the 3DS eShop. It was just a black and white though. They, they didn't have the color options then, and it was my first time playing it. And yeah, Andy, I think you're right. It is. It's kind of like Nestroid. It's a bit obtuse, um, but 
they did a much better job with like the visual cues kind of helping uh guide you along and i think it's linear path it's linear path was kind of nice too but overall it was um yeah, I didn't visit till late, and so I didn't have that kind of nostalgia for it. But it's still, a, uh, I, I enjoyed the heck out of it, though. You, you know, it's funny that you say that, actually, because uh, even though I played it, like, like quite young, and, and it was, I guess, my third Metroid game, I wouldn't necessarily say that I had that nostalgia for it, either. Like, I thought that it was really good, and I finished it, and I beat it, and then, I like, I never went back to it, ever. Um, and I didn't go back to it until I got it for the 3DS, like you said, Dak. And then I, I'm quite sure that I never, I certainly never finished the game on for 3DS. And it wasn't really until I played it a couple months ago over on Omega Metro's Patreon that I was just like, okay, now I've finished Metro 2 from start to finish. And it made me kind of reevaluate the game. So even though I played it, I, I didn't have that like nostalgia. And I would almost say that like, I really love the, the story uh, and and like the the gameplay ideas behind the game, and I and I almost want to say like I liked remembering or like maybe this doesn't make sense, but like I liked my memories of playing the game and what it brought to the franchise more than I actually enjoyed playing the game itself. So like I enjoyed my playthrough of it, but I didn't want to play that version again, even though I really liked what it brought to the table. You know what I mean? <laughs> like. Yeah, yeah. Remembering the game was much better than then loading it up and be like, oh, I just want like the experience to be loaded back into my brain, and I want to actually have to play and press the buttons. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that. That's how I felt. I think kind of playing it because a lot of this stuff I already knew what happened in Metro Two before I played it because a lot yeah. of the information that's important is relevant in Super Metroid, Metro Fusion, whatever it is, and like you kind of like. You kind of learn the story like of like, you know, I'm sure I think part of it's mentioned in like the Smash Bros trophy, one of them. So like you kind of at least for me, I knew the story going into it. So when I played it, I think for the first time it was like not underwhelming, but it was, oh, I have to actually play the game now to get the info again and really like really earn it almost like the knowledge. Um, yeah. For when I think of Metro 2, I think of like what happens in the game, like the plot, I guess, and not necessarily like, oh, I can't wait to actually play the game which i don't yeah. think i really had that feeling I, I think super i mean when you mentioned it, super they really for them metroid 2 was really all about the baby the baby and the egg um i feel like it wasn't until maybe like more like infusion even in dread they sort of really ha reminding everyone like it wasn't just about that all it was also about she eliminated all the metroids the metroids are gone i feel like that also became a bigger part of the story sort of in high like kind of hindsight they've been bringing it back in like like mm -hmm. hey don't forget the metroids are you know all dead because of samus yeah i, I would agree with that so i uh i guess i wanted to to just kind of throw that out there because it wasn't really until like we did this podcast that uh, that i was just like okay like it's time to revisit metroid 2 i feel like i should play it we're probably gonna be talking about it at some point and so i i played it um like again just like kind of very briefly a few years ago and it really wasn't until like i did this playthrough like a couple months ago like i mentioned on the patreon page that i was just like wow like this is actually like really like quite i thought like quite fun and and i and i wonder too like i kind of posed this question a while ago uh for one of our metroid musings and i wonder if like on one hand i, I kind of appreciate the fact that like this game is is like one of the best Game Boy games. It's like a very daring Game Boy game in a lot of sense. But like, I, I do wonder if this game wouldn't have maybe been better on like the Super Nintendo or 
or NES. Just because, like, what happens in this game is, like, so critically important to the series. And I and I almost feel like at the very beginning of the Game Boy's lifespan, it, it kind of was, like, almost viewed as, like, a gimmick system where, like, you might have, like, a fun little side story or a fun little whatever. And I think that this game and Link's Awakening did, like, a, a good job in kind of pushing that narrative away. But I do wonder if that always, like, held Metroid 2 back a little bit. And and maybe it did because, like, we're talking about how, like, we enjoyed the, the memory of it more than, like, actually playing it itself, you know? Yeah, I I think the system is really what ended up holding it like what ended up holding it back. Which I I know like Andy, you say it all the time about like fusions, um, you know, music because it's held back by you know the yeah. Game Boy Advance, right? But like that was kind of turned up to an umpteenth degree with the original Game Boy and Metroid Two because yeah. it was trying the Game Boy was really and with that game they were really trying to emulate like the NES Metroid experience. And I think for the most part they did in terms of gameplay and they elevated it in a lot of ways, but like filtered through the Game Boy, like the black and white graphics and, you know, the sound that just was not like very pleasing to the ear. It's like piercing, you know, almost <laughs> and almost uncomfortable. That stuff definitely held it back. And I, I don't know if like, because the weird thing about Metroid 2 is that the game actually adds a lot to the Metroid series that I think we take for granted. Like a lot of stuff, but a lot of that stuff you could, I could argue, could have probably been added in Super Metroid. It didn't need to be in this game. More, more in one way or another, it probably would have made its way to Metroid. I'm sure we'll go into you know all the different advancements this game added. Mm-hmm. On one hand, I'm like, oh, this game was really like it pioneered a lot of Metroid stuff that we've come to learn today. On the other hand, Super Metroid could have done a lot of that stuff too. It just so happened that Metroid Two did it first. Um, but I, I like that they, I like that they took Metroid. And tried to use that as like a this is what the Game Boy has to offer. It's not like just some side game. Like it's not like like it's its own. This is the reason why you should own a Game Boy, because you can play a, a full like console experience almost on a handheld. Because I I feel like that was the idea with Metroid Two is to create the console Metroid experience. Yeah. In the handheld, not to give you like a much more watered. It ended up being in some ways a little bit more watered down. But like they're trying to recreate that instead of it being a gimmick. And it's interesting that they had that much faith in Metroid at the time to go with that. And I'm sure that was also like just inspiration, like seeing what they could do with Metroid yeah. um, at the time. But it's cool. Like that, that. is really, uh, I was say just that that is a good point, though. Like the idea that they were willing to take Metroid even then, like that far on the Game Boy. That's just, yeah, that's that's a, that's a good point. Uh, and that's kind of what anything? I was, uh, was going to say, like, that's kind of why I respect Metroid 2 a little bit. And maybe like even Nintendo for this a little bit, because like. I do feel like it was kind of daring. Like, I, I actually think yeah. there's almost no question that this would have been more successful on either the NES or the SNES. But yeah, they they did it. And they they made this pivotal piece of, like, not only a Metroid story, but like like you say, like, lots of gameplay uh, that we kind of take for granted was introduced in this game. A, lo- a lot of stuff, actually. Going back to this game, I think people really kind of forget that, like... I'll- of course, obviously, the original Metroid game introduced a ton of stuff, but this game really, like, really, fi- like, fine tunes the formula so that it can be kind of mastered in Super Metroid. Yeah, you know, so like a lot of like the stuff, like there's a lot of good polish that comes from Metroid Two, and then Super Metroid just has to do a little, like, goes the next step in polish to really yeah. give you that full experience. Um, and I guess we could just talk about like let's start with gameplay since we're already kind of talking about it. Like, I, I think that people really underestimate, like, 
save stations. That that's a thing in yeah. Metroid oh, yeah. Two, which never was a thing in Nestroid, and seems like such a like duh. But like that wasn't in the original, and Metroid Two was doing that. Items like the space jump are here. Items like the uh, the plasma beam. Items like yeah, the I mean, spider I, ball. The spider ball. I was gonna game. say like the, the spider jump, ball. I was say the spring ball. Spring ball. The spring yeah. ball is that, in that's, this game. That's a, the space jump. The spring ball. The spider ball. These are all things that are in Metroid Two. I still have to say I think the spider ball is like just a terrible item. I, uh, I, I do the the 2D spider ball. Let me be very specific. The 2D spider yeah. ball is a terrible item. Yeah. Why? In my reason, I don't, I, just, oh, no, I don't really like it. Like, I feel like, um, actually, which is funny because not so much when you're playing Metroid Two, but particularly in Samus Returns and AM2R, you you go into morph ball modes. So you're pressing down, down, and then you press down again a third time to suction to the ground. And I feel like it would have been better if you could just hold a button or something. But I mean, that's neither here nowhere there so you just, just don't like how it was implemented rather than yeah. the actual feature itself i i also I, I can't say that i'm crazy about like it's it's a little bit slow like going the perimeter of the walls and i and i do appreciate yeah, how like fair. all of these games give you the space jump like pretty quickly after getting the spider ball i feel like the space jump is that is so you there's we were given two options of vertical exploration you can mm-hmm. do either the 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 ball or you can do space jump Space jump, it's faster. You have a wide, more control. You can go left and right. You don't have to be attached to a wall. I feel like it's just, it's a, the, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of what they did with the spider ball in Metroid well, 2. It's just I, too slow and you're crawling, you know, it's just a, it's a crawl I, space. I think they kind of complement each other because it's like you have the space jump, which again is faster. You cover more space, but it's not as like, uh, you can't be as um, specific and mechanical with it. Like you can't get to every single True. corner of it. And then yeah. the spider ball comes in and fills in those gaps. So I think you kind of look at it as like the whole macro part of this, a whole package. Whereas, yeah, individually, the spider ball is not very exciting, but it fills that little niche that it needs to fill because the space jump mm-hmm. is not all encompassing. And I mean, like, kinda... Either way, like it, it does introduce like a very cool item that has come back and it, i mean if nothing else they introduced the item that metro prime brought it back and made it one of the best items in the series so like i i do really appreciate mm-hmm. it for that um but yeah like that, that really is like a lot of just hallmarks of of the series that you find in this game and uh, like actually i think that one thing that you find a lot of too in here is like just chozo imagery like i know it was kind of in the first game but like I feel like it's really ramped up to the second. It kind of makes it uh, a very a more like part of the world, part of the story in this game too, which which I also love about this game. Mm-hmm. The statues, uh, actually, I had a note. I had a very specific note about the statues. They look fantastic in this. They do. I mean, they 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 a lot. You're we actually we were talking ahead before we before we started to kick it off. Um, everything's very zoomed in, and so you get a lot of detail in what you see. The Chozo statues. You get a lot of detail, and they look—they look really good. And also, not to mention the one with its head knocked off with the ice beam. I love that. Yeah, I like the sprite work in this game is awesome. Actually, like mm-hmm. Samus yeah. looks awesome. Her ship looks incredible. Um, the Metroid Queen—I was like, I couldn't believe how good that sprite looked. Like considering it's over thirty years old. Like I was, and yeah. on the Game Boy, I was like, wow, like this looks incredible. Uh, so I, I agree. I, I think like basically all the sprite work in this game is like really, really spectacular, and like. Again, just kind of, it, it would have been pretty easy, I think, to to make like a, a Nestroid, like a smaller Nestroid for the Game Boy and li- like just say that this is like your Game Boy Metroid. 
And they didn't. They like, they did not phone it in. They made something new. They made something unique. And it's just like, wow, this is like, this is pretty awesome. So, you know, even though there are things about Metro 2 that I, I feel like obviously haven't aged very gracefully, I, I still do kind of have a respect for it uh, no matter what, just because of all, like, all it introduced and all that it kind of pioneered. Um, maybe one thing that we should focus on is, is the world itself too, because like, I know that a lot of people in, in kind of the build up to, and then after like Samus Returns came out, kind of, we're talking about how like that game kind of maybe lost some of the atmosphere of, of Metroid 2. What are your guys' opinions of that? Um, real quick. Cause I, I, I had a couple other things to say before. Oh, I didn't I'm sorry. I, cut you jump. I'm I didn't sorry. realize we we're going to jump topics there. Um, cause there's still a couple of things we haven't I'm, even. I'm yeah, jumping the gun. Whoops. Um, <laughs> I did want to say that I agree on the detail on the, um, on the pixel graphics because obviously Metroid is very clearly influenced by, by alien and aliens, but I think Metroid's influence to alien kind of feels like a little more disconnected because Metroid still kind of comes off like the original is kind of goofy, like in terms of the alien designs, I think to me, whereas in Metroid two and the added detail, like they really look more like alien aliens kind of design. Mm -hmm. And I think that comes through a lot more in Metroid two than it does in the original Metroid on NES. Yeah. So, and the evolution, the, the evolution too. Like you've got like you yeah. know the face hugger to the yeah. the actual uh, xenomorph. You know, you've got like the what is the, the me- face the one Metroid called? What's queen the face one? with like the the, the larva? Yeah, the larva. Yeah, larva. Yeah, larva to the all to the alpha, gamma, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then it has like that black and white feel, so it's like an HR kind of like Geiger yeah. or Geiger, like you know at, yeah, artwork. Yeah. So it's, it's it's dope. Um, a couple other things I wanted to mention real quick, just on the exploration, um. Metroid 2 also, I'm sure many people are aware of this, but it introduced crouching while firing, which is huge, but also allowing yourself to shoot downward while you're yeah. jumping in midair, oh, yes. which is massive for 2D Metroid, especially in Super Metroid, especially when you're trying to blast through stuff and fall down a huge, um, you know, shoot or whatever it is and get blocks out of the way. So those are really big. And I think, you know, going back to my point about the spider ball and the space jump and how all that stuff worked together, I think it was really important that Metroid 2 added all these different layers to exploration and combat through the new upgrades, but also through being able to like crouch and fire, jump and fire and all that, because it had a similar rival on the Game Boy around the same time in a similar genre, um, the new Kid Icarus game that also came out, I believe, in the exact same month uh, in 1991 in North America, which was um, whatever the new Kid Icarus game. Myths and Monsters. Myths and Monsters, yeah. Kid Icarus 2, whatever it was. Yeah. But the thing about that game was that that game was the first of Kid Icarus to introduce four-way um, level scrolling. You could go back and forth. So Kid Icarus was making this really big jump in terms of gameplay and like was making a really big leap. And I think Metroid needed to do the the same thing. Mm-hmm. And while I don't think it did a... I, I don't think it had a massive change in gameplay like Kid Icarus got. I think it had all of these much these smaller changes that all added up to a really big change and really changed how metroid it still captured that original metroid feel but it really did feel like an elevated to yeah. a, to an extent relatively you know not as elevated as like metroid to metroid prime but like metroid metroid 2 is pretty elevated um to kind of keep in line with a similar um you know ip in the same space which i thought was interesting that these both these games came out around the exact same time and made these big advancements and whether they were kind of competing with each other or not you know they're both developed by nintendo um still kind of keeping in line with one another and bringing these advancements to the new platform around the same time so um big the, things there 
That, that's very well spoken. That's that's a really great point. I, it makes me wonder, like, I wonder why Nintendo never made, like, Super Kid Icarus or something like that. They just kind of let it disappear for, for the longest time. Maybe they were too close and too similar. Maybe after yeah, Metroid maybe. 2 and Kid Icarus, they were like, oh, Metroid made the bigger advances. Maybe they're too close. Let's go with Super Metroid. I'm sure Metroid had that, like, kind of champion behind the scenes to be the poster boy. Like, let's get a Metroid game developed. So... Uh, sometimes it comes down to having the right person in development that wants to make a game versus maybe not loving another IP as much. And that just comes down to it. Yeah. 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 There you go. Or um, something else is that I'm missing that I forgot. I don't know. <laughs> that's a great, I actually quite enjoyed uh, of myths and monsters. Now that you now that you mentioned that it's, it's a really fun game boy game. Um, mm. So yeah, I guess. So, you know, Sorry, we're, we're, but you back on track. You're talking no, about it's, the world. It's okay. Of, I, of the I, uh, I jumped the gun. So we're, yeah. I we're, had those notes down and I was like, we're not <laughs> getting anywhere. Oh, I know um, what we're talking about. We're talking about the vibe. The vibe of the, the game. Vibe. Okay, so, uh, yeah. so I I don't know. Like, I, I think that, like, I, I get what people were saying with, like, you know, there's, like, it, the, the SR388 of Metro 2 is, like, very dark, very bleak, a lot of, like, black dead space in the, in the background because there's nothing there. I actually, like, didn't mind necessarily... I, I shouldn't say I didn't mind necessarily. I, I like the fact that Samus Returns did add a little bit of life, a little bit of color to it. But I, I do recognize, like, what, what some people were trying to get at with with that uh, critique. And I don't know. Like, do, do you guys have an opinion on that? Do you feel strongly one way or the other? It feels like, to me, honestly, when you're going down, it feels like you're going deeper and deeper and just deeper into the caverns of the world. There was like a, a moment where I noticed even where like you're you're given the ability that I think it's after right after the high jump, you get the high jump and you can like you're starting to see these spikes now on the ceiling. And it's just giving you this this impression of just like it's uh, the world is it's tight. It's a very mm. small space, but it it always feels like you're just deep in the world it uh it's a nice atmosphere i enjoy it i think it, i think it's very fitting for the game it, it is a little uh sometimes some of the the, the ruins are i'm curious I, I wish i could know more about the ruins obviously they were limited what with what they could tell um but it, overall i i think it's a it's a good atmosphere i really i think it's a nice atmosphere yeah very undertale vibes with the the black and white and minimalist mm-hmm. <laughs> looks there yeah um I've never played Undertale, but I've seen it. Anyway, um, yeah, I think they made the right choice in not putting in too much detail into like the background and like the overall how the world looks and putting that detail more into like the creatures and Samus and kind of leaving the background mostly and like the world itself kind of to the imagination almost in a lot of ways and making it feel kind of just very dark and minimal. I think it kind of adds a lot of focus to the game. It's not trying to distract you, really. It's mm-hmm. getting to the point. But it's also a 1991 Game Boy game. Like, it's not really, like, yeah, I can't, I can't, right? I can't yeah. go back and faulty, but like, it doesn't have all these textures. Blah, blah, blah. Like, it wasn't possible or couldn't do it. It didn't really make much sense. I think they I think they had the right focus because it's not drawing you. The world isn't drawing you away. The world's kind of created by the encounters and the creatures you run into. I think the biggest, the best world vibing and maybe world building and maybe, like, vibe part of this is that this is the the game with like the biggest show of like the full Metroid evolutionary line. Mm-hmm. And it adds that detail of, wow, this is like all these, like the detail into like the biology of the planet. Like that comes through in terms of like what you see from the creatures and not necessarily seeing like flowers on the ground or whatever, more detailed backgrounds. I like that. And I think to this day, really Metroid two is like the game that has shown 
um, as much of the full Metroid Evolutionary line more than any other game, yeah. uh, aside from Samus Returns, obviously. Um, and that part of world world building is, I think, really critical in the game's success. Yeah, I, I like know, that it gives it its own good. like like I like I like that Samus Returns didn't replicate it because I like that Metroid Two still feels like really unique in that way where it's like it does feel dark, it does feel foreboding, mm-hmm. and it feels yeah foreboding. feels dangerous. It feels like something could jump out of the screen at you at any second, and and often that is the case actually, and that kind of goes back into what we were talking about earlier where like that goes into the gameplay a little bit and, and using like using turning your weakness, which is the platform that you're on and its limitations into a strength, which is like the atmosphere and danger of your game. Cause you could be walking and all of a sudden it's like, boom, there is an alpha Metroid. And it's like, well, a Metroid right off screen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they do a great job with that too. Cause like they, 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 you know, we all know like they use like the husks, you know, like this, you see like the husk, like, Oh, there's a Metroid coming. And then like you get to like a room and it's like, Oh wait, Okay, I'm turning missiles on, scanning around. Like it just, it is, it is. It's that foreboding feeling of like, there's a Metroid here. Mm-hmm. I gotta, and it's coming up, and it just, it's, a, it's such a good feeling. They do a great job capturing that. Um. So yeah, I, I think that like that, that tightness really actually like adds to the game. A it's lot. claustrophobic, which yeah, I don't think it, any Metroid game has really captured to the same extent, for better or for worse. But like, because I think a, a big part of Metroid is kind of feeling like, oh, you have this big kind of open world, not open world, literally, but kind of literally like I have this whole place to go explore and adventure and like by myself, that's the Metroid experience. In this game, it's like you have these like cramped hallways or like they feel cramped because you can only see an eighth of them at a time. Yeah. And Samus feels super huge because Samus is big compared. Like we were talking about this before the show, how Samus is so big compared to the rest of the environment because they kind of blow her up. So she's easier to see on the screen and you can see more detail. But as a result, it's so claustrophobic because Samus is so big relative to the world around her. I love that claustrophobia, though, because it does feel like you, you kind of get that like, you know, I don't know if it's an old adage, but like you get kind of creativity through limitation and restriction where you kind of mm-hmm. have to figure yeah. out how to like, you know, experience it without with, without having any option available to you. In this game, it kind of feels that way where you have that. I mean, the the Queen Metroid boss battle is a Again, we were talking about this before the show. Perfect example of this. It feels like such an intense boss fight because you have literally five to feet to move. If, <laughs> yeah, you had yeah, a, right? if you had a tw- if you had a huge room, it would really honestly be probably a pretty easy boss fight. But because you have nowhere to go, it amps up the stakes. It amps up the excitement. And I think you know Metroid Two kind of inadvertently takes advantage of that, or like it just works really well. You know, with a limitation, it does a good job with what it has. Limitations can do an interesting thing. It's like Silent Hill, you know, the fog in Silent Hill. It just it, it they it they they were forced into using something like that, and it created such an atmosphere. It's like Metroid Two, the the limitation of the system. It's like it, it forced them into this sort of uh, mm. atmosphere, and it, and it just worked out really well. It's interesting what the limitations can do. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah totally. Um, on, on on another on another world building note, by the way, because I'd mentioned Metroids, I I really like how this game. You're also you're talking about the Chozo statues, which I think adds a little, you know, flair to it. But this game really like shows how much the Metroids are a threat. I I don't think mm-hmm. the the original Metroid gets that across as well. I think they kind of come across as like another enemy, like a higher level enemy, because they show up at the end of the game. Like I just but just like from basic gaming fundamentals, you understand an enemy towards the end of the game is gonna be stronger, it's gonna be more important than the one you face in the first room. But I don't think they really got the gate. Like, 
I don't think the game really gets it across. Like if the game wasn't called Metroid, you know, like they would just be like another enemy type to me, like really. And and the and Mother Brain is kind of tied to the Metroids, but isn't a Metroid herself, whatever. Metroid Two, the literally the whole premise is like Metroids are so dangerous. Like if you weren't convinced that they were telling you they're so dangerous, that you have to go and destroy literally all of them. Like what what could possibly sell? Um, how dire the situation is more than that. And then you actually get there and you have to take on all this crazy stuff and you're like, oh, this is probably a good idea. Look how bad this can get. They were right for to have me do this and I'm going to to carry out my mission. So I like that this, it adds like that needed, like it, it sold the Metroids, I think, better than the first game does in a lot of ways, especially when you end up getting to the Queen Metroid. Like, oh, this is how bad it can get. All right, we need to get rid of these. If we need to have more than one Queen Metroid running around, we're going to have a problem. So I like that that added element is, is in here, that world building. I have a question for the two of you then. It kind of deck right along the side of that. So the idea of showing their threat level and how dangerous they are, it's been talked about a lot of times. It's been talked about a lot. The idea is that as you get deeper and deeper and deeper into the game, the enemies are far and fewer present. Um, do you think that was a narrative choice or do you think that was more just a limitation? Do you think they were truly trying to capture that when they were doing Metroid 2? What, what, what do the two of you think? Andy, what do you think? I don't know that there's like like a completely... Let me rephrase this. It's not like you get deeper and deeper and deeper into the game and like there's no more enemies. Like that that's not necessarily the case. True. Like there there are like lots of other enemies. Um but that being said, I I am I'm sure it has to be like like a stylistic choice cuz the the game is crammed full of enemies at the beginning of the game. So like you can you can infer it's like okay, well like how much I don't know, how much more processing does it take to load up an alpha metroid than than like a mm. omega metroid, right? But I do think it's like really it kind of adds to that tension like we were talking about where like you get to the to the end of the game and you're like there's there's four metroids left and they're probably all omega metroids so it's like that that anticipation kind of builds up that that calm before the storm feeling builds up i i would imagine that it's certainly a narrative choice and again it's not it's not like there's nothing but it is like it is a little bit more focused and they do to Dak's point. And actually Dak, it's funny that you said that because you, you actually like took the words out of my mouth. I wanted to bring that up when we talk about the actual Metroids themselves. Cause while I feel like Nestroid is a very hostile game, it doesn't convey the Metroids themselves as like these yeah. really important the planets things. hostile, but the yeah. Metroids are just kind of another and creature. They're on about the as hostile as anything else. Yeah. yeah. Well, you get here and now you're like, Oh, the Metroids are really big deal. Like this yeah. is a problem. We gotta, we gotta burn this place to the ground. And, and like I feel like it's almost an, an unmatched feeling, like when you have uh, like four Omega Metroids left or something like that, and it's just like, oh god, like I gotta take these down. This is like, like it's it's they intense. Set, they set it up well because uh, you get to that last area, and like, there 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 are some enemies. There's not many, mm -hmm. but there's three of them, right? There's those three. It's right before the. It is. It's the. It's the final before the the queen right and there's yeah. these three omegas and it's just it's so the music kicks up too there's some fan i know we haven't gotten the music yet but like it's very an it's om ominous music kicking off and you got the three omegas and you just yeah. gotta hunt them out and it's like oh boy my, my second part to that answer and i don't mean to run away with the question jack but like i think that like when you get to the point where there's one metroid left right and we all know what that one metroid left is and then all of a sudden it's like boom, the counter starts going up and up and up. And like, there's all these larva Metroids. That's an incredible moment. Like, I actually think that's like just an absolutely 
incredible bit of storytelling through gameplay that this Game Boy game is doing in 1991. So I, I, so that leads me to even more so to believe, like, yeah, this is absolutely a narrative choice because that was a really cool narrative moment in the game that's telling you a story about, like, you know, this last, this one Metroid that's left. And maybe you don't know that it's a Queen Metroid at the time. I, I can't remember if maybe that was common knowledge or not. But if you don't know, then you're just like, something is making more Metroid. So that kind of tells you that there's like something really nefarious that you have to go in and take down. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's awesome. I, yeah, I agree with all that actually. I don't really have anything that that's kind of how I would put it. So yeah, didn't yeah. run away with it. Cause I was going to say all <laughs> that. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's uh, yeah. I, I like, I kind of like that the, and it, I think it makes those last encounters so much more special because if you had like an abundance, more of an abundance of those end game kind of enemies around, mm. it would kind of feel less special. I think once you've kind of gotten through the 10th or the 20th of them. Yeah. Like I, like yeah. I almost feel like if Metroid two is made that today, you know, there's let's say however many Metroids there are in the original game. Today, the game would have like a thousand. There would be like five or six hundred larvae you just like mow down in the first like five <laughs> minutes of the game. Yeah. You know, like, it would be like outrageous. And obviously, it was a limitation of the time. But I also, it kind of makes it kind of eerie that like you're going there. And it's like you'd almost expect, expect there would be more than this for an entire species of, of a creature. But of course, you can kind of hand wave that like, that's eh, a game from 1991. Like, whatever. Like, you know, yeah. but still, it kind of added no. this weird like mystery to it. I like how um I like how big they were, but too like in terms of just their 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 yeah. the, the larva. By the way, I, I kind of miss that. You know, when you play like Prime, the 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 Metroids are very small, whereas they're they're mm. like they're they're almost the size as you are in the actual in Nestroid and uh in Metroid Two, and in Super as well. I mean, well, obviously it's Super Metroid, but um I just I love the size. I love that they're big and they're they're just they have a big mm -hmm. presence to them. Yeah, even they were starting to get a little bit smaller in Super Metro. They could have beefed him up a little bit, maybe give him some yeah, the... some girth. Um, but I I agree. Like I think it's actually like, startling when you see like the larva sprite, like how big it is, because because the alphas are actually like fairly small, which I guess makes sense because like you see the husk and then like the little guy just comes out of there. So it it always takes me by surprise. But going back to your original point, it's like. I always think of that, you know, that really ginormous room right before you go up into uh, the final area and fight the Queen Metroid. And there it's a, like it's a it's so. a giant room that kind of it kind of uh, bottlenecks at the bottom. And then mm -hmm. like there's three areas like I just think like it's such a creepy, ominous room with nothing there. And it's it's kind of like this is maybe just my own headcanon. But like, you know, when you find like you're playing a game and it's like, wow, I got ammo. Wow. I got a save station. Wow. I got this. It's like, Oh no, that, that there's something bad around the corner. I feel like Metroid two has that kind of vibe going for it in like consistently almost in like the last third of the game where it's like, it feels like there is something big around the corner and there is most of the Yeah. Time. I mean, they, they have you going for quite a while where you have that, the counters at one, it's that whole water area where you have like in those pools that you can kind of fall through. Yeah. Um, it's right. It's right before the big room. I think you're talking about, right? So you're going. Through, you're going through. It's like, I mean, you've got three little areas, and it's the big room. It's just. A, it's this whole period of just, just one on your counter. And there's like nothing around. It, it's just. A, it's a really good, uh, the way they did that. Yeah. And so it's... the whole the whole vibe I think is is just like so good. Um, it, in like I like listen, I I really love what Samus Returns did with those Metroids. Like I I think Samus Returns feels like very hostile as well, and like those Metroids feel like 
they feel dangerous, but in a different way. Like they feel like just big, strong, nasty. Where these ones feel creepy, like they could like kill you in the dark or something like that, right? Like it's, it's action packed. It is the aliens to alien. Samus returns to yeah, that's Metroid not a bad Two, right? Well, it's the yeah. action packed version. Which is funny because I feel like you know Metroid Two is kind of meant to be the aliens to yeah. Metroid Alien, you know. So it's true, right? Actually, and, that's a good yeah. And, and know, it is so, in a lot of ways. And it, it is absolutely mm-hmm. yeah. But that's a good point with Samus Returns. I feel like with Samus Returns, it's more like, uh, I don't know, like Metroid 2 feels like it has the claustrophobia. It almost feels more horror-ish because you, you're you not able to fight as like easily as you can with like a modern game where I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm able to run around and counter and melee, but, but slide around. <laughs> but, you know, in Metroid 2, I can like, I can't even shoot diagonally. <laughs> I can barely move. I'm on yeah. the Game Boy. Like that's scary right there because I can't barely, uh, I can't move at all. Yeah. Um, so it, it adds to that. Again, it's it's these kind of like limitations that just add to the experience, which I think is ultimately what makes the game not obsolete. Because I don't, mm. I mean, it's the fact of the matter is is that it's unfortunate that we're well, not unfortunate, but it's the fact of the matter that both Metroid One and Two were remade, and not just remade, but especially in the case of Zero Mission, remade really well and remade into two games that are really accessible to new mm-hmm. Metroid players. So it's hard to recommend to new Metroid players, hey, go play the originals when the remakes exist. The originals, I think, are really more for like, not like, not I want to say true Metroid, but like more dedicated Metroid fans, like who yeah. are, have been playing the series, who really want to dig a little deeper. Which So that's why I don't think they're obsolete, because they have that value. But also a game like Metroid 2, the aesthetic and like the actual gameplay experience itself is so much different. And even in the case of Metroid NES and Zero Mission, but I think even more so for Metro 2 to Sam's Returns, just the look of the game is so vastly different. Like how you, um, your perspective as a player, so vastly different from Metro mm-hmm. 2 to Sam's Returns. Sam's Returns is so much more open. Wait, no, cla- I don't, I wouldn't say claustrophobic at all. I think Sam's no, Returns doesn't have it either. I don't yeah. think it has any of that claustrophobia, which Metro 2 has in spades. So I, I think the, the gameplay, the, it's not like a, a one-to-one carryover. I think those original gameplay experiences still have merit, albeit you know they're a bit less accessible and a bit more clunky. Uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that. And I, and Daniel, you can weigh on in this because I think you listen to me kind of talk about this on um, our Metroid Two show on Patreon. But I, I was kind of saying like I, I don't think that Samus Returns replaces Metroid Two at all. I could listen to an argument mm. to be made that AM2R replaces Samus Returns because I, when I was replaying Metroid Two, I I was actually like really surprised like 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 it sounds dumb because the game's literally called another Metroid Two remake, but like I was surprised like how faithful of a remake that that game was considering like they put in like all these new gameplay mechanics like the speed booster power but like all this kind of stuff that mm. they added to the game. I was kind of thinking it was more like almost like Zero Mission where it was more of like an inspiration from that than like a physical like room by room remake which in a lot of ways am2r actually is so i i could listen to that argument i mean i think like all three complement each other like really really well and obviously like am2r is like a very niche kind of interpretation of metroid 2 um but yeah i i guess that just it took me by surprise and actually i i want to circle back to that later too because it helped me navigate the game a little bit better but i don't know what what would you would, would you think that's a fair i don't know opinion to have all three of them i think i, I think you make a good point that they all complement each other well um i sometimes i i what i enjoy about metroid 2 and even nestroid sometimes is that 
they don't have the bulk that a lot of the other games have. They're very quick plays. You don't have to spend... AM2R is a great game. It's a great vision of what Metroid 2 maybe could have been, but it's also got a lot of extra stuff. It's a very It can be a long game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I enjoy the fact that Metroid 2 is shorter, and then Samus Returns is probably your the, 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 your your typical length of an, of a more modern Metroidvania game, but it also right. um, is a very different experience. Whereas AM2R was, I feel like it was capturing the experience of Metroid 2 while adding some extra bulk. And then, for better or worse, it's still a great game. I, I think they all all three stand on their own. I, I, they all have different. Uh, if you want a quick play, play Metroid 2. If you want sort of a in-depth, maybe a sort of a weird blend of the old and new, play M2R. If you want like a truly modern experience of the story, play Samus Returns. They, they mm-hmm. all have their own perspective. I, I think that's fair. I think that's a, a fair way to put it. Uh, I want to actually talk about like the actual Metroids themselves just r- really quickly uh, before we move on to other stuff and like talk about maybe the actual battling of the Metroids and then like the, just the design themselves. Because like, I, I feel like when I, my opinion is like sifted and changed over the years and I don't remember, but I, I always remember that I was never like absolutely like in love with some of the Metroid evolutions because I was kind of like, like they don't look anything like Metroids, it looks like a bit too far and I and I think I've just kind of left that in the past and I'm just like, like especially like since I, you know, for this podcast, I started playing AM2R and then Samus Returns uh, came out and, and I've been playing that a lot and like seeing those fights and stuff. And I was just like, yeah, these fights are actually like awesome and I really love them. Um, so in terms of like the actual Metroid designs themselves, like I think that, I mean, obviously like Samus Returns is kind of like the realization of this, but like, like I said, like I think that that Metroid Queen is like such a just awesome, awesome design. Like it looks so cool. Obviously Omega Metroid, like that's, that's our namesake. Like they look incredible um i i just think that like you know i've really kind of come full circle and like just started to love the, this metroid evolution which for a long time i don't know why i was as kind of against but uh yeah i just i left that in the past fighting the metroids themselves too i i kind of have like a a love hate with it because like all of them just like they're very simple fights and i feel like that kind of adds to the danger which makes it a little bit more fun and, and like kind of ups the the risk reward of like trying to fight them and like you know you fight you fight the omega metroid and samus returns and like there's there's large portions of it which feel more like a puzzle than a fight where like you have to grapple the wall and and bring down rocks and stuff like that whereas these ones just like kind of give me that brawl feeling uh again i was gonna say they're all that right yeah Yeah. they're all that they're all that ridley just yeah you're you're duking it out right yeah so i i i again kind of was kind of digging that again and i had forgotten like how kind of satisfying those fights were until i played it a couple months ago and maybe the best part too is like it every time you hit a metroid it has that classic game boy sound uh i don't i don't know how to describe it but you know it if you hear it very (laughs) i I remember from i remember from wario land like that sound comes up whenever you hit an enemy and it pops up when you hit a metroid i love it I'm not going to detract, but later on, we do have to talk about the sound effects, but I don't want to... Dak, go ahead, man, if you want to jump into this. I no, don't want to detract our conversation here. No, 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 I, I agree. I like the fights. I wish I could shoot diagonally. I feel like a lot of the fights in this game become a practice in, in jumping in place and trying to 
get at the same eye level of a Metroid and hopefully <laughs> land some shots in. That's my biggest uh, memory of playing this game are those repeated kind of gameplay loops. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I love the Metroid designs. And it's again, like I said, I, I love that they went into the evolutionary design. I think that's such a awesome, like it just, it's, it's really cool that, that Metroid obviously has a lot of sci-fi and like fantasy roots in it, but has that unique feel because the metroids themselves are not just like a, a creature like you know so much about their whole evolutionary line and like what makes them so powerful what makes them so dangerous why they're so coveted mm. and this game again gives you like the exact like it, we're not just told that we're shown that all all the entire forms of of even from the beginning the different stages of a metroid life is can be so exploited and they're so dangerous and this game really does sell that um I think the, I mean, I, I personally love the Omega Metroid, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, the Queen Metroid design, because I think, I for at least for me, the the legged Metroid evolutions in this game get are more like chicken or like hopping lizard to me than <laughs> in maybe their later forms where they feel more dinosaur-like-ish, especially like the Omega Metroid and Metroid Fusion to me feels more like a, like a, a crazy beast or like monster as opposed to the omega metroid in this game which feels more like some kind of like chicken thing or something <laughs> um yeah that, that's a weird it's it's kind of it's very it's very legged and it's like you know i love the metroid fusions um omega metroid's face because that these like this huge snarling like long mouth like almost a snout ish like with how it's massive mouth and in this game it's like mouth is really short and like it's like a pug version of the omega metroid it looks kind of weird but then it circles back to cool with the Queen Metroid, which, all right, like, why does it have, like, a big head and, like, long neck? Like, oh, who cares? Matter. Oh, there who goes cares? the mic. Like, there goes the mic. Yeah. Um, I'm waving my my long arms around here in my room. But, <laughs> yeah, like, I, We're I think animated it's, over here. Well, it's like, it's one of those hand wave things. It's like cool factor. Like, it doesn't matter if it makes sense. Like, it just, it's cool. Yeah. Um, I would again. I would love. I want to do like a more like like I said on the show a couple weeks ago. Do like a more biology based Metroid um, uh, episode. But I, I now I'm thinking more about this. Like I wonder if there's anyone out there who like could like help us. Like if there's a scientist or biologist out there that like could tell us like if the Metroid was a real thing, would it evolve eventually? <laughs> would it would it become a Queen Metroid? Would that make sense logically? Um, I don't know. That could be interesting, but I love yeah. the design. I think it's very cool. It hits that like dinosaur, like huge beastliness of it. Um, so I, I love that design. I think that's the strongest design from the whole game. Actually, is the Queen Metroid. I agree. It looks so. In terms of creatures, awesome. it, it, I, I, I go ahead. You, I, 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 real quick though. I know you said go ahead, but just real quick. <laughs> you had also said earlier the 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 ship design. Because I'm talking about my favorite designs in the game, but like the Queen Metroid and then the Samus's ship. Samus's ship does look really sick. In this it game. looks anyway. so good. If you haven't played this on NSO yet, by the way, fire up like the Game Boy Color modifier. The ship looks awesome in that game. Mm. It looks really, really cool. Um, but so I, you know, I was saying that like all these fights against the Metroids are like you know kind of shoot 'em ups. But I would also say that like the fight against the Queen Metroid is like that is a brawl, but in a different type of of way. Like it's a intense fight like and and again I, I don't know why i just when i was playing this i was like not i guess in my head i was like rolling into the queen's mouth and laying like a power bomb or in this case a just a regular bomb 
that's kind of like a thing that was invented a little bit down the road, like maybe for some other Metroid games. But like, no, you're rolling in the Queen's Mouth, you're doing damage, you're bombing, and it's like, it's such a crazy, intense fight that uh, I actually think it's like one of the better... I, I don't know if I would have said this before, but, like, I think it's one of the better, like, upper echelon final fights of the series. It's just, like, it's so intense. I love it. And then, of course, you know, we're talking about Metroids in here, and we haven't talked about the most important one yet, which, uh, unless anyone has anything to add, I want to do a nice little segue into the story here really quick. Um, I just... Oh, wow. I was going to say... Um, no, go ahead. I'll come back to me. Are you sure? <laughs> yes. I, I had a train of thought, and okay. I then I lost it. Go ahead. Um... I love that baby Metroid. It's and, and, and so I was playing Metroid 2. And again, like we were talking about earlier, how it's like so impressive. And I just like respect this game for not phoning it in. And, and you know, it, it could have been a very different game, but it wasn't. And like the story that this game tells with that, that final Metroid hatching and your decision not to exterminate it. And then like how that like, like that impacts the rest of the series still to like today, like from every, from super to fusion to dread, like those to Samus returns, like all of those games have like a, a, a massive like focus in one way or the other on the baby Metroid. So it's, it's almost just like, like I know that Metroid one was obviously like the start of the series introduced Samus introduced space pirates, but like really like, not, like, a lot happens in that game. It's not really until Metroid 2 that the story, like, really starts to take shape and, like, kind of unfold and realize its potential. And maybe that sounds blasphemous, but when I was playing it, I was just like, man, I, again, like, I think people really underestimate the importance of this game. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think it's, I mean, I think it's it's objectively true that this game has an incredible amount of significance in the overall story it's actually i think fascinating how a game that was not like it didn't get re-released until 20 years after its release because if it came out on the nintendo 3ds in 2011 and then 1991 it came out that's 20 years later for mm -hmm. 20 years a lot of people could just like not play like, they didn't have a game play they just couldn't play a set one of the most important games in the whole series and not yeah. get those plot beats and not, I mean, again, that's why like a lot of that information ends up getting filtered through other games and other media. That's how you kind of learned about it. But mm -hmm. I always thought that that was fascinating, but yeah, it's, it's a massive, it's, it does a lot with the story. Cause it, like you said, it absolutely could have phoned it in. It could have done another Metroid one. It could have had, it doesn't even have an, an escape sequence. It subverts your expectations. Like no escape a sequence. You get the Metroid and you head out with it. Right. Um, it also, interestingly, introduces the trope of the Galactic Federation going in somewhere, getting absolutely bodied, and then calling yeah. up Samus to come clean up the mess. That's, That's the first true. time that happens. That happens a bunch of times in the series, and the first time it happens is in this game. But yeah, it's a very important like to not underestimate the significance that this game has in the entire game story. And I also think it's fascinating how that one decision Samus made literally affects like pretty much every single game if that comes after i think every single game that comes after it literally yeah. super fusion dread all all impacted by it um and then yeah it's it's a uh, it's really cool that that's has such a significant um you know it's it's such a significant part of the game but yeah, they could have been, I guess, they could have just done an original Metroid and they didn't do that. So I, like, I respect like that. Like, they could have made sure. Super, like, Super Mario Land, 
I love that game. It was one of my favorite. Yeah. It was one of my first games they could ever. Have made, they could have just made Super Mario Land yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And instead, which is actually funny because Kid Icarus did the same thing, as you mentioned earlier, where it's like that game also kind of was just like, okay, we're not just making uh, a gimmick game here. Like, we're going to we're gonna do something big, something special. So I, I really do think that, like, again, Metroid 2, like, really deserves a lot of, of respect for that. Like, it had some you know, some stones on it to do the stuff that it did. And I think that that moment with the baby Metroid at the end is like, you know, we, we were kind of arguing against this moment last week, Daniel, but you know, I think for a lot of people, they really, that was like a nice, like somber moment in that game that really, maybe you don't get a lot of those kind of moments in even, not even necessarily in Game Boy games at that time, but like a lot of those moments in video games, cause they're kind of still in their, you know, they're, they're in their infancy still at that point. So mm-hmm. Yeah, just some, some yeah, it stones. felt cinematic. It yeah. felt like a, a dramatic moment in a game. It's like this moment of drama. And, and actually, and you even said how it's like, oh, you decide not to kill the Metroid. That's the thing, a big part of it. You don't decide that. Samus decides that. Mm. And it establishes this character agency that not a, lot of, not a lot of games at the time had. And I don't think really even other Nintendo games ever end up getting. In other Nintendo games, sure, you're playing as a character, but you make essentially almost all the decisions. You know, you play as Mario, and Mario's not making these crazy decisions on his own. You're making them, or you're getting to the objective and the things play out. Here, you have no decision in this. Samus does it, and it, and it has such a huge, huge impact, and it establishes that Samus is not just the player avatar, but is a, an independent and specific character that you are playing as. Right. And not you're just you know you're not just playing as a generic you know avatar into the game, which I think is really significant. Yeah, totally. All right. No, I was, I was, no sorry. I was gonna say you know I I really I actually I don't have much to add. Honestly, I I can only agree with like everything you guys have said. It's uh, it really subverts your expectations there at the end. It's just uh, from what it sets up. Um. So I I want to talk about uh, navigation a little bit because I think fairly, by the way. I think that, like, the biggest critiques against Nestroid and Metroid 2 are that they're, you know, they're very confusing to play. They're very confusing to to follow. But I actually don't think that it's quite fair to lump those two games together. While I would say that both of them can definitely be confusing to navigate, I think with, like, if you're playing in this game without a map, Nestroid is far worse to play than Metroid 2 in terms of, like, you're going to get lost, you're going to get turned around, everything kind of sort of looks the same. I think navigation in this game is like far better. And I don't know if that's kind of because what I was alluding to earlier, like I've played a lot of AM2R and it is a very like beat by beat remake in a lot of ways. But like, I also feel like kind of like you brought up earlier, Dan, like, like it's like it is a very narrow and straightforward path with like, yes, some deviations and some room to explore there. But like, generally speaking, you can, I feel like in this game, you can kind of center yourself a lot. And, like, if you get lost, there's, like, points where you can go back to and you kind of get your bearings again. Like, if you're in the yeah, in the Golden yeah, yeah. Temple, for example, you can you can go around in that. And if you kind of get turned around, you can come back out and eventually you'll land at the base of the Golden Temple. And from there, you can start again. And, like, I feel like there's a lot of different areas in the game like that. Like, the tower is, is in this game um, as well. It kind of serves as, like, a nice grounding point i i just i feel like this game kind of gets some flack that's that's un no i don't want to say it's undeserved but i don't think that it should be lumped in with like nestroid in terms of like 
this game is awful to play in you know 2023 if you don't have any kind of map and i i'm curious if you guys feel the same so i just no i i think you're absolutely right i think i think metroid 2 does not deserve to be clumped together because if you think of nestroid you know the the big area right it's that it's that spot it's that little weird thing you gotta bomb in order to get to Ridley's lair. It's just just so obtuse. You, why would you ever bomb it? Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have Metroid Two, and they do a very good job with visual cues and audio cues. You've got the the surface theme. You know, when you're in the main sort of pipeline, right? You've got the surface theme going on, and you enter into a new. It's area one, area two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, right, all the way down. When you enter in an area, the music cuts off. It goes dun dun dun. And it gets quiet. It gives you some beeps and boops. And you know you're in the hunting zone, so to speak. Right? And mm-hmm. then and then even there, like, uh, do, you, do you guys, uh, I don't know if it's how, but if you remember, it's uh, when you, you're looking for something like the high jump. There's like this high jump area. It, when you look at it, you might think it's like, oh, wow, why would anyone ever even think to go that way in, in Metroid 2? But they give you kind of like this idea, like it looks like there's actually a pathway there. And they just, they sort of filter you that way. It's, they do a great job just kind of giving you the cues you need to, to navigate the world. And it's so much, it's, it's, it's miles from where they were with Nestroid. It's completely different. What what about you, Zach? What about Dak? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think they would. They're still pretty tangent. They're still pretty close to each other. But yeah, I I think you could. I think there's an argument to say. I don't know if you necessarily lump them together. But uh, I feel oh, like it's close. No. I feel like it's close enough where like it's at this oh. point like I just, just oh. whatever lump. I think you lump it together. Yeah, it's still they're still kind of a bit of a. They're not as accessible as they could be, which is understandable. They you know in that regard didn't age as well as. You know, I mean, those are their, <laughs> they're crazy old games. I mean, and that's not a, a huge lump against them, but yeah, I think in the gra- I think relative to like the advancements that Metroid has made today, I would still lump them together. I don't think. I guess I can't argue indi- against that. It's not a huge indictment against Metroid oh. Two, just a symptom of its <laughs> time, really. Yeah, that's kind of like what people lump like the three like Zelda CDI games together. Two of them are really bad, but like one of them is like significantly worse, like significantly. And I'm I always try and push back against that. You know, one thing that Metroid Two does, uh, the map does, by the way, that's really kind of awesome, is there's a lot of like shortcuts that show up on the map, and like I guess um, warp points might actually be the more appropriate term because it's like you yeah. can you can go and like they're one way points where you go in and then you're jettisoned back to uh, an area kind of prior to when you maybe went into the weeds a little bit and and did some exploring one other thing that i would also say about metro 2 and its map is that i feel like this game is like very good at funneling expansions for you along the way to like make sure that you never feel like completely underpowered like there's lots of rooms where there's like some fairly obvious like missile expansions to find but like even the ones that are a little bit more out of the way i feel like they're not so obtuse and out of the way that they are like, like I, you never feel, or at least I never feel like I'm underpowered. I never feel like I don't have enough energy tanks. I always feel like if I die, it's either because a, it's like a really awesome fight or like, I just didn't do the right thing. And it's, it, it's not because like, I don't have what I need in order to defeat whoever I'm trying to defeat. If that makes sense. So I, I also think Metro two does a really good job with that. 
a lot of the pickups I feel like are very much in your face. They, 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 they don't have that modern feeling of like a, a puzzle. Like how do I, how, what, what do I need to solve to get this pickup? They're very much like you go to some rooms and you've got three, four missile tanks just sitting there mm-hmm. uh, really just ripe for the taking. Yeah. Uh, but I, and I would say that they, it does carry over some of like, of Nestroid's gimmick where it's like you, you just bomb random walls. And like yeah, maybe it's true. That maybe true. it's because like, we are like, you know, I think like we speak the Metroid language and kind of maybe know what to look for in terms of like, Oh, I bet yeah. you under this Chozo statue, there's, there's something right. Like, mm-hmm. and I, yeah. even saying that, I think the game shows you one missile beneath the first one. And like, you're just kind of predisposed to do that for everyone. But even so, like, I think there's a lot of expansions that, if you speak that Metroid language, like you can find them clearly, even though they're like sort of kind of hidden. So I, I think that Metroid 2 does a good job of that as well. Uh, I have a question. So in terms of like the the hidden kind of shortcuts you mentioned, you know, really right up at the start. I mean, you're right, literally just left your ship. You're, you're going down. You know that little spot where you can get into a ball and you can cut across the top of a couple corridors. You know what I'm talking about? You literally can just roll through the wall you bypass like a little bit of a you go you, normally you'd have to go down around and then back up whereas at the start you can just roll through is it after is it after the temple or before no it's literally like the the first second room you walk into oh well, it's, then, uh, well no all right well never mind i was curious what you guys oh. thought because it's in my mind was like was speed running was speed running a thing back then like why is it there what was the purpose i'm so curious I is you, it i bet you it was a thing that's yeah, a good was question. I actually don't. I have I no idea. Know. I mean, like, was oh, there was the internet developed enough for there to be like <laughs> online communities for speedrunning? I don't think so. And like, I don't think so. People, but I wonder if that was like a speed thing of conventions. On... Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was like so a thing. Like, let me try to complete. Like, it wasn't yeah. probably like a more like established thing. But I'm sure people were yeah. like, "Let me try to beat this game as fast as I can." But I'm I am curious. Like, if anyone was around then who maybe would know more than we would like what was it like was there people were there people that were like formally trying to speed run games back then i don't know you know what i I think i'm gonna make a declaration and say i am willing to bet uh i don't know something i'll be able to bet you guys coffee that there were in fact people that were speed running because nestroid like the whole the whole design of the ending is like this is your time do it faster and you get a better ending. That's true. So I think That's that true. even with that, that people are probably predisposed to try and beat the game a little bit, you know, quicker and maybe because I, I I do think that there's different endings based on time in this one, right? It's, well, I mean, yeah. you do get that. I, I I'm sorry, I had just done a recent playthrough and I I did get a time at the end, and, and I have to say I don't know what the I had two hours and forty minutes, um, and and I had like a it was it was Samus in legit a bikini. Um, so I don't know if that's, if that was, if there's multiple endings or not. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's interesting to think about because, you know, Metroid two came out not really long after like the arcade game boom, you know, where I'm thinking back, like a big reason why people got really good at those games is because you only had a quarter for a play session. So it, it behooved you to get really good because the more you, the better you were, the longer you got to play off that quarter. So thinking about that it would actually be against you your your money your financially to speed run games because in theory to speed run something would be to end your game session quicker and therefore needing to spend more money but then by the time you get a game boy you don't need to spend money on individual sessions anymore you just have the game so i wonder if like had that kind of caught up like had people mindset wise kind of like oh now i have possession of the game i can beat it however i want i don't have to 
you know, but and also by that time, games had evolved past like high scores and mm-hmm. and all that. So like there was, you know, you're not looking for a high score in, in Metroid. That's true. Yeah, that's true. So There's no I, score. Yeah. All that kind of stuff is is just interesting to think about. Like I wasn't even alive back then, and years <laughs> after that, I was still very young, so I didn't know. Um, I know like even growing up, like I never really, I was, I was a com- not a completionist, but when I played games, I played to complete them and not necessarily speed run them though. I know back even in the later nineties, obviously there was speed running, but I'm curious around like the time Metroid two, like, was that something that was, you know, maybe more common than we would think or not? I don't know. I, I bet you it was. I, I, I really do. I bet I'm you sure it was. was. That's a great observation, though. I, I didn't even know that room existed. And I just booted up Metroid it's, 2 last well, next night. Next time you play, remember, it's there. They give they give you a visual cue. They okay. do. They um, hint it. I want to talk about one last thing before, uh, before we wrap up on Metroid 2. And that is the music, which... No, save the best for last. Yeah. This one here, guy. I, I, I feel like, again, I feel like a lot of me... Maybe because I just, I hadn't played it in so long, and like, I was kind of like, I have Samus Returns and AM2R, I, I don't need to play this anymore. But I, and like, I just, I feel like I underestimated the the music of this game, and maybe this game as a whole, but like, there are, I mean, listen, like, a lot of the tracks in this game that are like, the iconic tracks, I think have been remade and sound better in like, in AM2R, or in a Samus Returns, or whatever, various covers, but like, listening to the game, like, I love the surface theme. I still say it's like a, a top it's a 10 theme. iconic theme of this series, I th- which is I, unfortunate I th- that it's never come back. But I think it's a great theme, but iconic is not the it's not the right word. It doesn't mean it's a bad track. It's not the it's not iconic. I'm well, sorry. I mean, I, sorry. I, I, so it's one, a good theme, but I yeah it, yeah. All right. Anyways, one thing I would say is that I think like one track that caught me by surprise is um the final area in right before the metroid queen which i always refer to as the genetics lab because that's what the track is called in am2r and i i kind of just thought that it was like a a remake of like kind of like how golden temple in am2r is a remake of the temple theme which sounds like very different i kind of thought that was the same too but i'm listening to this track and i was like oh my god this is like so intense and creepy like the like it just it sounds so alien and weird and then the theme against um i almost said metroid prime the queen metroid is like so it it actually has kind of that same to me like metroid prime kind of big fight kind of vibe uh, which i really love and then like just like the music I, i just think like the music in general of this game is is almost almost exclusively exceptional except for probably the theme that plays when you fight the Metroids, which wears out its welcome a little bit. I agree with that. Yeah. 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 I'm curious, when you, when you, the, the Queen theme you're talking about when you're fighting the is that the one where it's like, eh, eh, down, eh. Down, it's like, it, it, I swear you can feel that one in your, oh, oh, wait, no, no, no. You're, so the actual fight, I'm sorry, the one where it's, I'm thinking of the one where it's just before, it's after like the lab. So it's not like the the Torian music, but it's just before you're you're actually at the fight, and it's like an alarm going off. It's like, eh, eh, it's it's like eh, the ambient eh, version eh, of, eh, of the Queen fight. It's, yeah, it's awesome. It's, you can feel it in your bones. It's such a good theme. It's oh. it's oh yeah, it makes yeah, yeah it's feels it's it's crazy. Yeah, so yeah. good. So yeah, music. It, it, but it's funny that like I feel like this game has like such great music. And granted, it doesn't have a lot of music tracks, but like none of them have come back and like maybe i guess part of that i guess makes sense because like the surface theme is very tied to sr388 the the queen metroid theme is very tied 
to that fight. So, like, it's not like you fight a lot of Queen Metroids, except for other M. It's not like you go back to SR388 uh, since, but, like, I don't know. I, Technically, I would... you do in a cutscene. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Fusion, you, you are there at the beginning of the game. Can you imagine if they remade Fusion and added uh, a, a part where you're on SR388? I think they that, should. That remix like, that is playing? Should, that should be, like, that section should be, like, a short little mission at the beginning, I think would be really cool. I'd be down for that. That'd be so awesome. Yeah. I would just love to see those themes come back. I, I hope that they make them out. I agree. But particularly the genetics lab theme. Because that theme I just, rocks. It's good music, but I just want to say, I thought they did a great job really utilizing it. Like, it wasn't just music in this game. It was, they really utilized it. Because, like, I think I mentioned it earlier, you know, when you're you're in, like, that main area where it's just you're in between areas. It's got the, the surface theme is playing. But whenever you go into a new area, it, mm. it shuts off and it goes a dun dun dun, and, and it's playing the area theme. And then like, or when you're into, or when, when you're done, right? You, you've cleared out the Metroids and you leave the area, and oh, service team kicks back up, and you're you're going back in, you're progressing. It's they use it to a really good advantage to kind of help drive you forward. It's so like it, it sounds great, but they also it's used really well. It, it was nice in that. And I didn't mention actually the baby Metroid theme, which is one of my favorite themes. Which oh I, yeah! I can't believe that that theme hasn't come back again either. I actually don't know what's going on. Why hasn't had this music come back? Yeah, that's such a yeah, the it's, it's, a, it's the victory lap at that point. You've killed you've killed the queen. You've got you. It's just it's just you and the baby Metroid rising back up to the surface. The music's playing. Yeah, and it's just it, that's that. It's all right. I don't know about somber. But it's it's the victory lap. You've got uh, you you know you're you just you've completed your mission. Well, sort of. I, I don't know that I would say it's like somber. To me, it felt more like almost celebratory, but not because you yeah, yeah. not because you defeated the queen, but because you are like this sounds bad, but like you are allowing this new life <laughs> into this world or something like. So it's like this is a nice moment that I'm not gonna blast you to a million pieces. Like it's a know. nice moment. I think that's perfect. It's a nice yeah. moment. That's it's what hopeful. it captures. It's yeah, hope. Yeah, like, yeah. Like things yeah. Are there. Yes. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I, I'm pretty much out of things to say about Metro Two. I I was really impressed with it. Playing it again, uh, I like I, I wouldn't necessarily sit here and say like if you are you know, a newer Metroid fan, this is the best version of this game for you to play. But I think that this version really does have a lot to offer. Like, I really I really think that. And I think it's definitely worth playing. If you had never played it, this is probably the best time to do so because you're going to be able to play it on Nintendo Switch Online. You're going to have save states. You're going to have rewind. You're going to have all these features that are going to make it really nice. And uh, you're going to have a map on OmegaMetroid.com, by the way. Uh, so, like, I, I feel like... It, like if you've never played it and you really like Samus Returns, like try this because it's a it's a different side of the coin, and but a really worthwhile experience that I think kind of gets like underappreciated a little bit. So, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think and it's use a map. Game. Yeah, uh, use a map. Yeah, yeah, use a map. Like don't don't you don't have to like look at like too much at. Just give yourself a general direction because like you don't want to be crawling up every inch of a wall. Honestly, I've done it. In one of my million playthroughs, you don't want to do that. Just you know, take a map and have a good time with it. It's a fantastic game. Yeah, yeah. I would say if you are if you are a veteran Metroid fan or a dedicated Metroid fan and you haven't played it yet, yes, I would go and play it. If you're a new Metroid fan and you just started playing 
with Dread or Metroid Prime Remastered, I would recommend that you go and check out more recent Metroid games. I would go and play yeah. Remastered and or Dread if yeah. you haven't played one or the other. I would check out Fusion. I would check out Zero Mission. I would check out two and three. Like I would check out the other Metroid, you know, zero I would check out all those other games before getting to this. Mm-hmm. I think there's you're you're gonna be put off, I think, by some things. And I think you also appreciate it more when you play when you you'll see the things you take for granted. But also what Metroid yeah. 2 has to offer. But yeah, I think if you're a newer fan, maybe check out some other things. By the way, but still a great game and you should get to it eventually. By the way, there's one thing that we didn't mention. Um, that this game elevated in terms of the Metroid experience and advancement that it brought to the series. And that was the introduction of new suits and them looking different. Oh, yes. Because with the original Metroid, the way that we knew that Samus had a new suit was because it was a new color. But there was no color in Metroid 2. Therefore, they had to change how Samus's suit actually looked and design them differently so the form and silhouette was different and noticeably different from suit to suit, which is why we now have a power suit and a various suit and all these different things that look different that have bigger shoulder pads or not whatever it is because of metroid 2 so again you know creativity you know under limitation breeds some advancement breeds evolution and that's exactly what we got and could you argue that yeah maybe they would have done that in super metroid anyway Probably, probably, but, but this game yeah, did yeah, it. Yeah, but, yeah. but she also had the the pose too. You had the, like when you picked up the various suit, like it did like your prime pose, right? She just stands there straight, and they, it looks yeah. it's so badass. It's so that's badass. Awesome. I think that's a big thing because I mean we we have Metroid Two to thank for our big shoulder pads, which uh, still look great. Yeah. yeah. No respect for the Justin Bailey suit. That was a costume change if I ever seen one. <laughs> I love that that came back in Samus Returns, by the way. I think that was great. But no, I, like we really do owe Metro 2 like a lot. Um, a, a lot in terms of story, in terms of gameplay, in terms of legacy. Uh, it, it's worth your while to play. And it's not going to be... If you're a newer Metroid fan listening to this and you're thinking like, oh god, like it's it's... It's not going to be one of those games that like you need to slog your way through just to say that you did it and to pay homage to a classic. I really think you can have like a lot of fun playing mm-hmm. this game, especially with all those, you know, those perks that we talked about that are part of NSO. So, uh, you should check it out if you if you have never played it or if it's been a long time. I think uh, you know, I I think that we've kind of extolled the virtues of this game and there's there's a lot to love. So, uh, there we go. Metroid 2: Samus uh, Return of Samus rather. All right. So, uh, anything else that we want to add about this game before we get on out of here? God, nothing. I mean, you really you took the words out of my mouth right there too. It's, uh, it's, yeah. Give it a shot. It's, it's not that long. It's worth the play. There we go. Uh, okay. Well, we are going to get out of here, and I want to let everybody know we have a very special episode next week, and it is going to be live streamed. That's right, live streamed on our YouTube channel. So on the 26th, 3 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, we're going to be live streaming it. We're going to have some guests. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to debut some new stuff. It's going to be a big show. So tune into our YouTube channel and check it out. Uh, until then, we are going to get out of here, uh, but we want you to check us out over on Twitter at Omega Metropod, at Spateri316, at DaxCity underscore, at A Fallen Apple, and at omegametroid.com where you can get all of your uh, metroid 2 guides and maps and everything that you need there so check it out uh and check us out wherever you get your podcasts like subscribe leave us a sweet sweet five-star review we would love to see that uh 
I haven't, uh, I, I don't read the reviews very often, but I always look at them. They're always appreciated. So thank you to everybody that takes the time. And uh, we appreciate everybody that does. Um, until next week, we are going to get out of here. Tune in on the 26th. We're going to have a big show. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to be talking uh, some Metroid then. So until then, everybody, take care.